Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Luke. Lord, hear my mind. The days were completed for their purification according to the law of Moses. The parents of Jesus took him up to Jerusalem to present him to the Lord. Just as it is written in the law of the Lord, every male that opens the womb shall be consecrated to the Lord and to offer the sacrifice of a pair of turtle doves or two young pigeons in accordance with the dictates in the law of the Lord. Now there was a man in Jerusalem whose name was Simeon. This man was righteous and devout, awaiting the consolation of Israel. The Holy Spirit was upon him. It had been revealed to him by the Holy Spirit that he should not see death before he had seen the Christ of the Lord. He came in the Spirit into the temple. When the parents brought in the child, Jesus performed the custom of the law in regard to him. He took him into his arms and blessed God, saying, Now, Master, you may let your servant go in peace, according to your word. For my eyes have seen your salvation, which you prepared in the sight of all the people, a light for revelation to the Gentiles, and glory for your people Israel. The child's father and mother were amazed at what was said about him. And Simeon blessed them and said to Mary's mother, Behold, this child is destined for the fall and rise of many in Israel. And to be a sign that will be contradicted. You yourself, the sword will pierce, so that the thoughts of many hearts may be revealed. There was also a prophetess, Anna, the daughter of Samuel and the tribe of Asher. She was advanced in years, having lived seven years with her husband after her marriage and then as a widow until she was 84. She never left the temple, but worshipped night and day with fasting and prayer. Coming forward at that very time, she gave thanks to God and spoke about the child to all who were waiting the redemption of Jerusalem. Filled all the prescriptions of the law of the Lord, they returned to Galilee, to their own town of Nazareth. The child grew and became strong, filled with wisdom, and the favor of God was upon him. The Gospel of the Lord. The Gospel is still from chapters 1 and 2 of Luke. Chapter 2 of this particular passage, but chapters 1 and 2 really are an introduction to the gospel. We call them the infancy narratives, and it tells us the early story of how the birth of Jesus came to be. And now, today, the presentation. Presentation was for two reasons purification of Mary after 40 days after giving birth, that's custom, but also since Jesus was the firstborn, the presentation of the firstborn in the temple. And in so doing, or in this passage, we see many things that Luke is telling us to introduce the story of Jesus that starts in chapter 3 with his adult ministry. Joseph and Mary and Jesus are a devout family practicing their faith. And they are a poor family. The offering here that was described in the law is for 
were before us there. Also, this child had been prophesied from of old of the Old Testament. He introduced to us the reader in the gospel, but also the people of the time, that this is what they were waiting for. Again, that theme of how the Old Testament prefigures the New Testament. And so the Messiah prophesied after years, God is faithful for his promises, and Christianity is the only major world religion that was announced beforehand by God. Profound. And also the passage goes further and talks about how Jesus will be like a light. Revelation for both Jews and Gentiles, even from the Old Testament, and he's quoting an Old Testament from Isaiah, that God was meant as Savior for all people. the Jewish people, through the chosen people, just like God came into the world through Mary, new Israel, chose people in which to come into the world because to be born you must come in. That's a example. This is a way. But it was for all people. And then passage about Mary's sorrow. The presentation is like an image I believe Luke is presenting it to us not only because it really happened, I'm sure, but also it really summarizes Jesus' life. He was offered to God as an offering. He was a sign that was contradicted or rejected in other translations. And Mary, too, a sword will pierce. It doesn't say Mary also, but in other translations it does. Indicating and foreshadowing again the death of Jesus, the death of the Messiah, that most people would not have expected, but in the prophet Daniel prophesied. And then the pain of Mary standing by that cross. Only by our choosing. 
God brings children into the world, and I know that some people don't have a nucleus effect on parents or don't have families like I'm talking, but we're all part of the family. If God brings children into the world, God's going to help that child. And they're not only our children, they are God's children. And so, we too, like the Holy Family, are invited to trust in the power of God to protect our family Again, doesn't mean everything's perfect, right? Mary suffered tremendously, so God still brought them through, and the mission of that child was accomplished. Sometimes the mission of our children doesn't get accomplished in the way we think they should. But God still works a way out of nowhere. God always is faithful to his promise. God has a plan that we may not fully see, and so we're invited What is a holy family? A holy family is a family that has Christ at the center. So, I invite you, and I know many of you do, but all of us to think more this coming year how Christ can be more a center of your family. And if you're not a family with children that you're raising, like I'm talking about a lot right now, you are still a member of the family. And even relatives, grandparents, have great influence. I have talking with a lot of our youth. I'm surprised, and it actually was my own experience, how much my grandparents, especially my grandmother, faith affected me. And so everyone can contribute. All can contribute to the holiness of the family to make Christ center. But for parents who are raising children, how important it is to teach your children about God. I'm not talking about, even though I'm including, sending them to religious education. But to truly ourselves raise them to know God by our instruction, but also, more so, by our example. You know, Jesus mentored his disciples not as much by teaching, even though he taught, but by walking with them and sharing his life Parents and family have a unique opportunity. Father Paul and I can stand up here and talk about God and theology, and our classroom could be some children to talk about God. Holy families can walk together in faith, and that's where our faith really grows. And so, bring God into the family. Teach your children, read them the Bible stories, pray together as a family, and when I say pray together, I don't only mean teaching prayers, rote, but to share an especially intercessory prayer, agreeing on what it is that's going on in the family that we need to pray about. And allowing all members of our family to see God answering prayer working miracles. To watch movies together about the faith, to discuss them, to serve for or in other ways, together as a family. Another thing that I like to recognize is the importance of forgiveness, patience, and valuing one another. You know, so my family, the Franciscan family, 
I'm not going to mention any names, but sometimes there are priors in the priory. Not in the priory now, but you know, in the past. It can be a real trouble. And I have learned and I have seen firsthand that if you respond to trouble with trouble, if you respond to pettiness with pettiness, if you respond to reaching out to hurt somebody with more hurt, you fail to forgive, fail to take that higher road, that negativity can spread quickly by itself. So important for all members of a family to take that higher road, try to be patient with one another, to try to understand their point of view, to correct them lovingly if it needs to be, but also to forgive. Because when people are supported and encouraged, such bad behavior does tend to go away. And they feel secure to be able to be vulnerable themselves. It's important. And so all of us have a role in our families. And another thing is familiarity, I believe, brings uh, content. Ever heard of that phrase? It's so easy to be living with people whom we see so often and we start to take for granted their gifts, their wisdom. And we see the problems that fail and sort of shortcomings that areas of growth. It's important to remember and take time to value one another. To tell each other what you value in them. To treasure hunt. Maybe even ask more questions. Parents or children, interview parents. Find out more about their lives, the faith, what they did before they got married, why they do what they 